0: Welcome to Health Happenings on Coast Access Radio. In this program, we take an interview from Fresh FM Nelson with Dr. Roland Toda, who's a clinical virologist. Dr. Toda is speaking about mRNA vaccines. Roland, your original home, home country is Germany. That's correct. And um, you've uh, you've well, you're a doctor of of. Um, medicine I suppose is that the best way of describing clinical you? genetics clinical genetics can mm. you describe me what that actually
1: means yeah I, I studied uh genetics starting with biology and then moved into clinical genetics that is the whole molecular genetic range that is uh, cloning genes that is uh, RNA uh, profiling that is protein expression that is the whole genomic range of uh, genes, organization of genes, gene-related diseases, um, and particularly related to molecular diagnostics, identifying and, uh, and analyzing genetic diseases in that, in that space was, was a long uh, an important part of my, let's say, academic career <clears throat> before I moved into industry. So I did 10 years of core research in that space. Um, that is physical mapping of genes and cloning genes and sequencing genes and so forth. How many people
0: do this sort of stuff? Is a big? Is there a large number of people in this industry? This is like? huge. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's really huge. The whole biochemistry side is there's this sort of a uh, overlapping areas. If you call yourself a biochemist, you certainly understand molecular genetics. You understand the protein biochemistry. You understand proteomics. Transcriptomics, that is how you express from a DNA via an RNA, a particular uh, gene you want to use as a protein or as an enzyme. It's it's one of the biggest, I would say, life sciences uh, in that space, leading also to modern products, whether this is therapeutics, pharmaceuticals, uh, diagnostics particularly, yeah.
0: Right, and so, so you worked for, uh, what, the government or the, um, or private enterprise? And-
1: uh, basically I did, uh, I worked in, uh, in, on, at universities. Uh, I did my PhD in, uh, clinical genetics and then moved on as a postdoc for several years to Australia. Uh, moved back to Germany and did, uh, it's a strange title, a habilitation, which is similar to, uh, associate professor. I was teaching at uh, German universities um, and lecturing uh, seminars and so forth and then uh, after 11 years of that career, I moved into the biotech uh, industry and uh, joined as a chief science officer, a microarray, a biochip uh, company that is a molecular diagnostic company where the expertise of genomics were desperately required and I joined that as a chief science officer, starting that com- with that company in 1999. I um, took that company to the public um, stock exchange market uh, in 2000-2001 and moved then on starting various um, additional startups in Europe first, particularly in Switzerland, and in 2007 I moved to New Zealand um and uh started working here with companies, uh were involved in various startups, uh became a proud New Zealander in 2013 and uh I'm now uh, a partner of Pacific Channel Fund 2, which is a life science venture capital firm, and we invest now um money, funds, private equity into uh, biotechnology, life science uh businesses in fact, we are invested in a in a company or what we really um, think this is a this is a fantastic way forward. Uh, a company that is actually scanning for the uh, S protein uh, IgG antibodies to see whether your vaccination is good or whether you had sufficient protection after infection. Uh, That is one of our companies. And so, yeah, I'm now on the other side, not running companies anymore, but investing in companies.
0: However, you did inspire the young by um, up and coming um, um, geneticists by, by teaching for 11 years, which is fantastic. and It's a good way to give back.
1: That's right. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm very proud of that as well. Yeah. Right.
0: So you're you're probably the really the right person to have here in the studio today <clears throat> to um, explain a little bit in layman's terms, because I think there's a lot of people that I've spoken to who have absolutely no idea um, what's going on as far as the, <clears throat> uh, uh, the 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 new vaccine that that is being. <clears throat> um, clinically trialed or put onto the humans at the moment all over the world Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of misinformation out there i think that i think it's really nice to have you here to kind of clarify um with science and um an understanding of of how how it all works Mm -hmm. yes yeah so what is it called what is the, the technology called that
1: well, our, the, the vaccine that is currently used in uh, in New Zealand is the Pfizer-BioNTech mm. uh, vaccine that's based on mRNA, which is, stands for messenger RNA. That is basically uh, a piece of uh, ribonuclein acid that is coding for a particular protein. And in this case, it is coding for the protein from the COVID uh, virus, uh, and it's a specific one, That's the S-protein, what the virus requires to link and to integrate into human cells. The S-protein, you can look at it like a key lock uh, uh, system. It had the perfect match to uh, match an, a, a receptor on a human cell that is called the ACE2 receptor. And wh- when the S-protein can lock into that ACE2, to a receptor, the cell opens, and the virus can get into the cell and as soon as the virus is in the cell, it amplifies itself many many times, reassembles and kills the cell and and distributes out into the system, infecting uh, uh, additional or new human cells and uh, This particular spike protein was um, cloned uh, we are here there this is basically you have the sequence the genetic information of that s protein that is transferred into a, a plasmid and can be uh, amplified and this piece of mrna of rna of that sequence is then packed into that i simplified uh, is then packed into a nanoparticle just to protect it because the plain mRNA is such a vulnerable molecule, it will not be able to reach your cell. If you want to use it for vaccination, your body will destroy it immediately as soon as it is identified as alien. But with that little um, nanoparticle, it has enough time to reach the cell and transpires into the cell. And therefore, in the cell, uh, this piece of messenger RNA is being dealt with uh, like all other messenger RNAs. Because our own cell system is working exactly like that we have in the nuclei our genome these are all the DNAs what we have. you can look at it like a book it's your it's your it's your plan, and if you need a particular enzyme, this part in in that book, which is the DNA, is being transcribed. that means it uh, that piece is translated into RNA and that is a messenger RNA that leaves the nuclei and goes into cytosol into the cell where it docks into another piece of protein called ribosomes and in these ribosomes this piece of mRNA following the sequence produces a protein. That could be a cell protein, that could be an enzyme, that could be uh, a a fat metabolizing enzyme if you talk about a liver uh, cell, it could be anything. And in this case, it is the messenger RNA of that S-protein, not produced from your nuclei. It will never reach the nuclei. mRNA does only come out of the nuclei and never into the nuclei. So that idea that it may change the genome is impossible. Uh, And uh, so therefore, this alien mRNA will be produced at the ribosome to produce the alien S-protein. That is the protein from that virus. After that, this mRNA will be immediately broken down because that is the process your cell is is constantly doing. Otherwise, each cell will explode with too many mRNAs because you constantly produce mRNA. So as soon as an mRNA is used, it will be broken down. And we have a system that is called Major Histocompatibility Complex. That is a system that our multi-billion cell organ has decided, well, we work all together, that's us. And if we find something really strange or alien, we all agree that we immediately present it at our cell surface. So that means these few muscle cells who will have received that mRNA vaccine because you got your jab in the upper arm uh, have now produced that alien S protein which is not theirs, and so they follow the major histocompatibility complex rules and say, all right, let's put it out on our cell membrane surface and say, hey, guys, out there, we have something strange here. And uh, so uh, our B cell and T cell uh, response can be activated. They realize, okay, this is true, there's something alien here. A, they look after that cell that is uh, that this will be destroyed, and they will start producing antibodies against this new strange S protein and so therefore that starts with B cell uh, they produce plasma cells plasma cells produce antibodies you have the memory cells and the cytokine cascade is, is started as well that 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 is the modus where you can produce very specific antibodies against the S protein without ever seeing the virus and without having the risk that you get infected because the only thing your body ever saw was a small piece of a building plan of that S protein from the virus that was the messenger RNA. Your own body put that into a proper protein and with this protein your antibody system is learning to fight the virus without ever seeing him. Wow,
0: that's that's an amazing. So, so uh, What's the difference between that when you, when, when you do, say, get a measles, mumps, rubella um, vaccine? That's a whole different way you're actually putting the yes, thing uh, in there, isn't it?
1: That is that is a whole uh, new way. I'm, as a geneticist, pretty excited about the mRNA vaccine. I have to tell you, uh, Grant, this is, uh, this is a groundbreaking development, mm-hmm. uh, simply because now, uh, since this is working, you, you can imagine if there is anywhere a new pathogen, the only thing you need is a specific piece of sequence of that new pathogen and you have in a very short time a vaccine against that. It's so like, like Ebola or something like that yeah. with, with, you know. Exactly. Because yeah. beforehand vaccines took ages, years, mm-hmm. years and years, not only for the clinical trials, which was done here also in high parallel uh, approach and, and not. Cutting any corners. Mm. I hear that also a lot. Ah, oh, this is too new, and uh, uh, but uh, from a from a sheer amount of clinical studies, there were no no cutting corners here. It's
0: been around for twenty years plus,
1: hasn't it? Absolutely, you spot on, Grant. This is the RNA vaccine development is about twenty years old. Mm. The only breakthrough was now to get the right encapsulation for that mRNA, that it is actually now reaching the cell. But you were asking me to on other uh, mm. uh, vaccines. Basically, the oldest way of a vaccination was that you were using, uh, immobilized or, or half destroyed pathogens that were not as active as the, as the, as the active or as the wild type one. So, uh, that was the reason, for example, if you go back to polio vaccination mm-hmm. and so forth, where you still had the occasion that people who got vaccinated actually got the disease because some of the bugs were still active enough that these uh, people were actually getting getting sick from the vaccine. Th- that is the risk if you have a, a, a vaccine uh, containing the actual virus or the actual bacterium. Yep. The other part is that you just take fractions of, of a bacterium or of a virus that is a piece of cell protein, a piece of... Uh, the whole the whole envelope or, or like um, measles is 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 done in 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 a, in a similar way or you ex- extract particular proteins uh, that is quite often uh, standardised and interesting enough compared to an mRNA vaccine our body uh, maybe I take one step back our body is acting with two Immune, immune responses. One is a so-called innate immune response, our original, everything which is alien will be sort of addressed. Mm-hmm. And then there is um, a learning part of an immune system. That is the B cell production producing antibodies. After I realized that's wrong, now I build antibodies against that. That is the adaptive uh, learning uh, immune response. So with with these sort of uh, vaccinations the the, the first responder side is actually quite low so that is the reason why you may have heard a lot that with these vaccines they use adjuvants that is it could be uh, magnesium it could be uh, aluminum particles even in a very 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 uh, reduced way it's not toxic but it's it's just to stimulate the body that something is wrong here you won't need that with an mRNA vaccine because our body, the, the, the mammalian defense line, is very alert as soon as there is anything like DNA or RNA containing attacking. And if this is the case, you don't need an adjuvant. And the next part, so we have said these are viruses or bacterial pieces as a vaccine. The other part is uh, some people call it uh, dead virus uh, vaccines, which is somewhat probably true. Um, is where you actually have isolated proteins of a particular uh, virus or pathogen uh, that your system is is learning of. There are also a range of uh, vaccines. We have currently nine vaccines, believe it or not, in the world uh, uh, administered, all different sorts. We have two mRNA vaccines, two vector vaccines. I'll come to that in a second. And and a few others where we have really these old-fashioned ones as well. With the old-fashioned ones, sorry, just to
0: interrupt. <clears throat> with the old-fashioned ones, does that mean that now with the say the MMR, right, um, vaccine, you will now with this new technology be able to bypass the way it's been done and and use the new technology for you could for, for tetanus or MMR or you any could. other new yeah right. absolutely okay. you, you could
1: yeah. right okay that that's right mm. that is certainly possible. Uh, there is this, uh, uh, Novovax, uh, yeah. put as a potential new, uh, vaccine coming next year. Novavax is, is producing, uh, the plain S protein already as a protein. So your own cells don't produce that anymore. But they have it also done, uh, they use a virus, uh, where they cloned the gene of the S protein into that, uh, into that virus. That virus infects a moth cell. And the infected moth cell produces a lot of mRNA of that spike protein and produces then the spike protein that is being harvested and added uh, to a, a lipoparticle, uh, a, a nanoparticle that you have about, uh, I think, up to 14 S proteins presented and that is being injected. That Novovax will also need an adjuvant. What they use, uh, they use the soap tree, a saponin for it as an adjuvant stimulant. Uh, that sort of a modern way of a classical vaccine that is being produced,
0: right? And and this is this is this is the one you just said you were going to talk about. in a sec. no, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, no, we would, uh the the other one. What I've not mm. mentioned and and which is out already, and it, uh, I just learned that is now also being offered soon in uh, in New Zealand is the AstraZeneca mm. and Johnson and Johnson. These are so called vector um, vaccines. They don't use the mRNA as as the Biotech and Moderna uh, vaccine. They actually have uh, a chimpanzee originated um, virus that is not infectious. That is a uh, it's a carrier. What we use in uh, it sounds dreadful, but what we use in in genetics there is quite a few, uh, a, quite a range of viruses that can be used as. DNA vehicles Mm -hmm. and uh, they have uh, incorporated uh, the genetic information of the S protein and that AstraZeneca vaccine works that this uh, uh, modified virus is getting into the cell is integrating into the nuclei. In the nuclei from this virus the mRNA is being transcribed again. The mRNA goes out to the ribosome and now similar to BioNTech at the ribosome, the s protein is, prote- is produced, and then the s protein is presented at the cell. So it's actually using the DNA instead of the RNA.
0: Right, right. And but it doesn't change the DNA. Actually. It doesn't change the DNA. No, Not at all.
1: That's where people's no. fears are. No, I mean it's impossible to to have <laughs> that because you would need a so-called integrating. Retrovirus that this is penetrating the genome.
0: So, I mean, I've heard this argument from quite a few people, who say that you know, from shedding, from talking um, <clears throat> without a mask on, and, and and just the the droplets of, of um, saliva in the air. If you've been vaccinated and you and and somebody who hasn't been vaccinated breathes that um, mo- new modified DNA or that modified into yeah, yeah, yeah. Into their bodies, they're gonna end up getting the um getting the vaccine via breathing it in from somebody else and um changing their um their system. And there's a lot wow. of fear around that. <clears throat> Seriously, I've heard this. And um
1: Okay, so now if we if we <laughs> if we just take a small reality check, we mm-hmm. talk about uh, uh a few nanograms of a vaccine that is in a liquid that is injected into your upper arm mm-hmm. that part is integrating to some extent uh, into some cells the rest is being broken down because it is saline solution uh, and other liquids mm-hmm. that's about it uh, within a very short time that mrna after it was doing its job producing the s protein is being broken down into yeah. small uh, single Uh, 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 base elements that is uh, uracil uh, uh, adenosine uh, thymidine and and, and guanine Uh, and so uh, this is that's gone so it is what I want to say with that from the arm via the blood vessels into the lung up to the the trachea that you should have that much information of that genetic side that you can spit that out or that it is in your aerosol that's impossible Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I. <laughs> I that's simply it's, impossible. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I also, um, listened to somebody who was a doctor, mm-hmm. um, who, who said that it, what it, what this new, um, vaccine's doing is it's, it's making, um, the inside of vessels, um, lumpy. And or, or instead, so it's creating nanoclots, tiny nanoclots in our bodies. Do you know anything about this? Um.
1: No, I think I have. Uh, the The nanoparticles how they're organized. This is uh, polyethylene glycol. That's a very inert uh, uh, um, particle. Uh, PEG in a short form. PEG is used for uh, coating uh, tablets. Capsules you have in your toothpaste, PEG. If you ever had uh, have unfortunately a uh, colonoscopy, you get a huge amount of peg because that will clear your guts. Okay. Uh, you have it there in the cosmetic industry. The pegs everywhere for emulsions, uh, balms, uh, lipsticks, uh, you name it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that. That's all over the place, and and that is actually a way how to smoothly get an mRNA into the cell. Our cell has a so-called cell membrane and that's a double lipid layer. You have actually lipids and then you have uh, in, the, in the central part a more uh, water-soluble side and then you have this lipid side again. In, normally that prevents uh, a free penetration of any molecule That's the reason why even with water, water can freely move, but even with uh, minerals, that is that uh, osmotic effect, what you probably recall from uh, biology or something. And that's a simple description is if you have uh, towards Christmas, cherries are red and full of sugar, and then it's raining, Uh, the rain can actually easily penetrate into the into the cherry because of lots of sugar. It takes a lot of water to dilute it and then they, they break. Yep. That's re- that, that is sort of a semi-permeable membrane. And and in order to uh, circumvent that there is a problem penetrating, this uh, particular emulsion is so designed that it can easily smooth into the cell to, to let the mRNA go. But we talk about nano, micro nanograms. Uh, that will be not sufficient to completely disturb uh, a membrane and mind you the these few cells who receive that and, and produce will be for, uh, later down uh, in the process degraded and, and reduced anyway so th- that's something and we have a steady we talk about three and a half billion cells what we have we have a huge turnover in our body on mm. on cells and thank god otherwise we would have a far higher risk, it's bad enough already, but we would have a far higher risk of cancer in other parts if we not constantly remove non-aging uh, cells and so forth. Yep, know. yep, exactly.
0: And it's like it's like photocopying over and, over and over and over and over and over again, but using the new copy that you've just done over and over again, it, it loses its... Um, <clears throat> um, quality after a while yeah. so you know yeah, after correct. a thousand copies on your thousandth copy if you just keep taking it out and recopying that one that just yeah, becomes no, that's more right. and that's a really good example of how what you're talking about and yeah look i'm i'm not going to ask you whether you think it's safe i know you know it's safe and um
1: oh well it's actually yeah maybe if if, if you, if you, if you I'm, I'm kind of a real fan of 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 numbers uh we we have we have the situation um that a lot of people say that oh it's actually just the provisional um a provisional uh, approval um it's it's actually per definition uh, uh granted a provisional consent for use in new zealand um and and the point why it has not changed yet is that medsafe and that is also in other mm-hmm. countries uh, like that is actually in the process to see whether the vaccine can also be used in uh, younger children from 5 to 11. And it is legally impossible that you have one drug, one vaccine approved in different levels. You cannot say, well, it's, it's fully approved while you still... Evaluate the 5 to 11 until this is finalized. It it will stay like that. (sighs) But that doesn't mean um, that this is not safe. We have basically now, just for giving you that feeling, uh, we have 7.5 billion vaccines administered in the world. Wow. We have 3.6 billion mRNA based vaccines administered. That is Moderna, which is the American side delivered to 81 countries. And uh the Pfizer BioNTech uh delivered into hundred and forty-eight countries. And uh and we have side effects uh described, particularly headache, dizziness, injection, side pain, lethargy, nausea, some fever, uh chest discomfort, uh feeling or body temperature change, and that is actually uh an immediate response of your innate uh uh uh, response from 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 your immune response yeah uh, that can differ for example I'm, I'm vaccinated double vaccinated since May yep. um, I'm an old man in a way <laughs> mm. uh, and up and actually our innate system particularly male is, is, is deteriorating faster so I had not a sink. I didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel anything with the first uh, shot and I didn't feel anything with the second shot. That sometimes can be, you, you, you could have a sore arm or fever for a day or something like that. That's a normal reaction that you have something alien in your body. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what the whole purpose is to, to stimulate your defense line. Say, so, yeah. Hey, uh, if I, if I go back to that point, is it safe or not? You have. Here, with let's stick with our biotech yep. vaccine for a moment. You expose your body and your immune learning system, the B cells, on just the S protein. The S protein is the key protein the virus will need to log into your cell and to be efficient, being infectious. Yep. So you have basically a so-called immobilizing antibody because if if the virus enters your system, which is vaccinated, mm-hmm. All your antibodies focusing on the S protein, nowhere else. So that will basically paralyze the virus. Yeah. If you have had a natural infection, you could you you and you survived it and you produced mm-hmm. antibodies, you can have to some extent the chance that coincidentally, randomly I should say, your B cell response was against the pro the S protein. But it could have been also to the COVID uh, uh, shell protein, to an integrated protein. It could it could Got be it. anything. Just because uh, the, your system uh, identified the whole virus as alien and made some antibodies. Yep. yep. But if they're not against the S protein, well, they work to some extent, but not. That's very weak response. Whereas with the with, with the vaccine. You have your body trained mm. to specifically attack the S-protein. And that is another big part, as you have heard and, and know, uh, the virus has changed. Now we have the Delta version, a very, very efficient, a very infectious one. And even that one is, is slightly at the edges of the S-protein can, can have changes, where you see that even the, the mRNA vaccine is not as highly efficient anymore as the original one. But we still talk about 85%, 90%. Uh, why? That's another big important advantage. If the virus will change the S-protein on the side of the lock and in key mm-hmm. lock side, it will have not the, the ability to go through the ACE receptor anymore. So that's the thing the virus needs to keep stable. Otherwise, it will be not infectious anymore. That part cannot change, and you have your vaccine focusing on exactly that part.
0: That was Dr. Roland Todder, who's a clinical virologist from Golden Bay, speaking about mRNA vaccines, our health happenings program here at Coast Access Radio. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air, for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.